My my favorite detail about uh, dictionary updates is the Scrabble dictionary, which updates slightly slower than the OED because mm-hmm. they figure we want to make sure it's not too comprehensive. They're also less inclined to include things like slang, right? They're they're less usually, reflective. yeah, yeah. Usually, the Scrabble dictionary is reluctant. It's basically a more conservative version of the abridged OED, so it's like a, a cut down, cut down, um, and it's slower, which means that they just added this year. Mixtape. Nice. Which is to say... Is that even a word? Just in time... Just in time. ...for us to have to explain to <laughs> new players what a mixtape is. What the fuck is a mixtape? I'm quite You know when you make a that... custom playlist in Spotify and you send it to your what's friends? That's, that's what a mixtape is. <laughs> Cousin Jeb, annoyed. what's a mixtape? Welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast, where today we're all very sleepy. Joining us today is Jeb Van Winkle. I'm the kind of guy who likes to roam around. I'm never in one place, I roam from town to town. It's a beautiful nap, Charlie Fox. (laughs) I have a headache in all three of my tiny munchlax heads. And I'm so tired, I can't think of a way to end this in a comedy way. I'm telling Lee. What's your excuse normally for not being funny? He's he's so tired, he's going to sleep for seven years and wake up wearing someone else's pants. <laughs> we already, That's a thing that happens. We already do. Your kid Link doesn't wear pants. Grown up Link wakes up with pants. Oh. Somebody put pants on Link while he was asleep is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a little creepy. <laughs> My theory is chic. <laughs> I'm just imagining this sort of. Oh, he's not going to think to look for these if no one. <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's a he's a he's a growing lad. Oh, <laughs> he is like maybe ten years old at the most when he's a kid, and and then he's like he hasn't grown up through any of that intervening teenage space. How did you feel about pants when you were ten? I I was actually quite. No, wait, you probably had suit pants when you were ten. You went to church. I had two suits. Right. For morning church and evening church and one of them was heavier and I wore it twice during the winter. It was brown corduroy. Of course everything it was. about your childhood is abusive. <laughs> I thought you were going to say everything about his childhood was brown corduroy. <laughs> no, I'm sure plenty of things would have been plaid. That's way too much personality. Uh, plaid, a... plaid is like the anti-personality. Oh, you're my So you have like... to be careful because it might turn into flannel if you turn your back on it. And flannel was for grunge kids. We had we had a visiting pastor from a Canadian church come <laughs> by and his eldest daughter wore jeans. Yes. And a flannel, co- uh, a flannel uh, quarter, not the quarter, a flannel plaid shirt. <laughs> like a top. Yeah. <laughs> Ta- and, and, young you know, Talon was very confused. And there's this, this is, I, I just remember like eight year old me going, girls can do that. <laughs> they can and it's smoking hot. My brain is imploding. <laughs> it's not your brain, son. <laughs> it's not imploding, son. We're going to try for... <laughs> We're going to try for a no-edit podcast this week, which is to say I'll probably do about ten edits. <laughs> Most of them were in that conversation. <laughs> and we just talked over each other, so there's your first edit. How many do we have left? He's showing me two middle fingers, which I think means two strikes. I know that's 11. No, that's that's a, what that means, two 11, strikes. That's 11 edits left. 11! <laughs> we'll use them well. <laughs> hey, Fox. Have you been playing any games lately? Yeah, actually I have. Um, I, I tried Disney Infinity for the first time, which came with my Wii U, but somehow I haven't played it until now. And by somehow, I mean Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> I like that you've also, you had a copy of Splatoon during the peak Splatoon time. During the time when like Splatoon was oh, relevant. My, my Splatoon is still shrink-wrapped. <laughs> my Splatoon is still shrink-wrapped is my OkCupid okay profile name. Squitting around. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um. Uh, please, please don't form a mob. You wouldn't be able to get across the ocean. <laughs> um. Anyway, Disney Infinity is <laughs> mostly. I, I like some of the toys. <laughs> it is. It's pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. In that, it's a not fantastic version of every game it pretends to be. Um. But it is pretty cute and fun. I had the Avengers ones because that's what that's the starter set that came with my Wii U. Yeah. Um, which I'm very pleased does include Black Widow. Hey! Um, Iron Man has not been allowed to play yet. My my Infinity Universe is only for people with beautiful girl hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Thor is in there. 
I was genuinely stunned to see Captain Marvel show up. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I, where, where's her freaking toy? Give me a Captain Marvel figure. And the, the the Disney Infinity visual style, it's very distinct. I really love how the superhero characters look in it. Like, Thor's design is normally too busy, but in that stylized way, it's cleaned up a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, My only problem is the guys are too much superhero bulk. Oh, like, yeah. They're all freaking huge. Even Iron Man has a massive upper body for some reason. That, that actually makes total sense when you remember that that is a suit with an overcompensating nerd inside. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I mean, Hawkeye is also bulky. Yeah, well. Not that I have a Hawkeye, because fuck Hawkeye. Fuck Hawkeye. And not in that good way. Anyway. But no, uh, the Captain Marvel in this style, because I walked in and you you were like, tell it, tell it, come look, come look, come look. <laughs> like, she looks so cool. She looks very cool, which is why I want a toy. I really like what they told me with a lot of toys. In fact, I'm contemplating buying a couple of the Star Wars Rebels toys just because they're really cool. This is how it uh, starts. <laughs> like, neat, you know, cool rebel bounty hunter brown lady with bright green hair because she dyes it and she's just really cool. Nice. Uh, and each figure brings with it like an extra set of game levels? Okay, um, no, not really. There's, the worst thing they've done with it is there's playset pieces, which have actual, like, game and story and stuff, and the characters you can play in that are limited to the ones that belong to that set. Right. But you can hunt out crossover coins. Oh. Uh... So I, so you can bring select characters in. I have unlocked Rocket Raccoon for the Avengers playset. <laughs> that is, if I that is perfectly good, though, isn't it? That's awesome, <laughs> though. I don't know anything about a Rocket Raccoon but uh, just the name is Rocket <laughs> Raccoon, so... You you haven't heard about Guardians of the Galaxy? How the fuck would I hear about Guardians of the Galaxy? How would you hear about a Wii U game? The internet wouldn't shut up about it. I'm really good at not paying attention to what the internet says. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy is like, you know the whole superhero movies went huge thing, Batman, Avengers, yeah, awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy is the result of that that went, yeah, and let's make, like, just an awesome... Out of space cosmic adventures. <laughs> it's a band of troubled misfits from a variety of different sources, one of whom is a, uh, a, a alien abductee from Earth whose only memento of home is a 1978 Akai player and a mixtape which includes I've Got a Feeling. Mi- mixtape? So all the... Yeah, a mixtape. Mix but like, more importantly, goofy shit. Like the, the kind of shit you found in comic books when you're an actual kid and liked. Like a raccoon with dual pistols and a spacesuit and a fucking talking tree. The thing with, the thing with Guardians of the Galaxy that's noteworthy is that in a lot of these ensemble genre style stuff, there is a certain set of boxes to be ticked. And they already had in this cast uh, a guy being played by David Batista, who is huge. Uh-huh. And they said, all right, one of the members of this cast needs to be swaggeringly kind of James Dean macho. We're giving it to the two and a half foot tall raccoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And David Batista is going to play uh, a very literal-minded, neuroatypical alien. Isn't the raccoon voice by, like, Bruce Willis? Vin Diesel, isn't it? No, he's no, the tree. he's Groot. He's, he's the tree. Okay. He's the tree. Yeah. He's got one line and he's recorded it in every single language the, sh- the movie's <laughs> ever been made in. <laughs> he personally did. He That's personally awesome. did. Because he wanted to. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just the fact that you've got the, the suit up scene where all the characters like got their weapons and you've got like the slim hit, you've got the slim, you know, you've got the, the, <laughs> the cool pirate type is putting on his duster and he's walking down the hallway and then the, the assassin lady pulls out her knives and walks along with him and da da da. And then you have one who holsters the enormous gun, slings it over his shoulder, adjusts the crotch on his suit and spits to the side. It's like, it's all coming from this two and a half foot tall raccoon. <laughs> That is definitely a way to make uh, gross swaggering machoism entertaining again. <laughs> Put it on a cute little fuzzy man. Make it a raccoon. Make it a raccoon. I remember a couple of my friends going, I don't know how to feel about the fact that I want to make out with a raccoon. <laughs> And then the 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 other the other part of your friends I assume said, "Oh, don't worry, we'll tell you." <laughs> welcome to the world. Well, of the welcome to our world. <laughs> anyway, yes. Anyway, so the, the raccoon is allowed to work for Nick Fury. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> sensible sentence um and i will say this for it while it's broadly like solid but not the best version of anything i've ever played um flying as thor was a lot of fun (laughs) 
they got in a very good sense of speed and I was having sort of momentary feelings about Saints Row 4 again and that can only be a good thing. Compared to, you compared it to City of Heroes when I came in. Uh, yeah. Well, it's been a long time since I've been able to fly so openly in a video game. Yeah. It was pretty good. Uh, also, I, I heard you laugh at it a couple of times. If a game can be funny. It, it was actually pretty funny in a couple of places. There's Most of the humor is extremely cheesy. I don't think there are any missions that weren't a bad pun. Um, but just, just little things here and there, like Hulk's first line of dialogue being Hulk cold! <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's fun. That's entertaining. Grimlock Dodge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I want to play that. That's gonna be so good. But that's not what I have been playing. I've been playing Disney Infinity and it's broadly uh, pretty good. You know, <laughs> worth having some fun with. I understand you should not get version 1 because it's toilets. Version 2, <laughs> pretty good. Um, and the element of the game that you haven't touched on at all is the creative playset bit. Yeah, look, I haven't because I'm the kind of person who would waste literal months of my <laughs> life on that if I let myself and it's so big and so immediately open that I'm sort of just sitting here going... Don't know if I want to poke it yet. This is, this, is, this is a dangerous, dangerous toy. Do, do, oh, yeah. I, do I press very... the big red button? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of little big planety in that you can pretty much make all the kinds of games that appear in the playsets or whatever, and you know, and do what you don't. want with them. You know, build stuff, have races, do platforming, do pick 'em ups, whatever. Um, I, I bought the Agrabah building set because it looks really nice in that style. You can do exploratory maze type games and whatnot, yep. and. Uh, the compar- like um the peop- the guy over at Errant Signal has done a much more extensive piece on this and I do yeah. recommend it and I'll link it in the description of the podcast but where he talks about how that playset is like Minecraft but while Minecraft is about building things this is about building games and this is kid level approachable like 10 year old kids will be able to yeah, pick this up that I would say and make their own video game levels with their own stories in them I, that's really exciting I, I would have <laughs> wrecked myself on this if I mm. it, you know, if I was 10 years old when the Wii U had come out, yeah, it would have been amazing. And I'm sure there are kids right now who are, you know, 10 years from now, going to be building the best indie games we will get our hands on. And right now they're mucking about with stuff like that. And, and they're going to have this story in, the, in an interview where they're going to embarrassingly say, yeah, I got my start playing. You're, you're going to laugh at this. I was playing a lot of <laughs> Disney Infinity. <laughs> Yeah, because there's no fantastic artists nowadays who are like, yeah, I got my start copying Disney. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't happen at all. They're they're gonna go. They're gonna become the indie darlings and say, oh no, no, I never played anything AAA growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Liars. <laughs> For all that there is a triple-A amount of money behind it, it has a very double-A feel. Which, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, really. It's so hard to tell these days. I think when you're dealing with Um, Disney properties, though, you're immediately triple-A no matter how... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like I say, the the amount of money that went into it is pretty obvious. But it feels more... It feels more like it was designed for a double-A market, let's put it that way. Even though it must have had a triple-A budget by definition. Which is an interesting effect. And there's moments where it's like, this is just so very Disney right now when you first step into the toy box and they've designed the initial area to basically look like Disneyland at twilight or to evoke that anyway and they've got like exactly the right kind of orchestral score playing and you're <laughs> like, oh this just oh it's it's almost too cloying but I see what you're doing here and I can't help but feel slightly touched by it <laughs> you assholes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, ha- uh, Complicated feelings. Uh, kinesthetically. <laughs> like the actual play feel. It's got like good responsive controls. Uh, pretty good. Depends on the character. They do feel really different. Which That's is probably good. another problem with the first one. It's good except that Black Widow just feels kind of shit compared to Thor. Thor is like, <laughs> hammer, hammer to your face, many hammers to your face. <laughs> and oh, and I can fly from the get-go. And Black Widow's like, well, halfway through the plot, I'll be able to unlock the hover bike. <laughs> which Thor can also do. <laughs> If you'd rather have Thor sit on a tiny hover stack. Uh, yes. <laughs> it is pretty funny. <laughs> Thor, I'll tell you this, Thor riding a Black Widow-sized motorbike is very <laughs> One of the silliest looking things I've seen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm now imagining those models with the different sizes of him trying to get into, like, uh, a, into, into a cat suit. A rocket raccoon-sized like, motorcycle. 
<laughs> so yeah, I I did um, also found the the demo vehicle they give you to play with in the uh, the toy box builder when you're doing all the tutorial stuff is uh, the horse from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, what? Which, yeah, you, you ride the horse. There's a horse. So in then Beauty I was like, the yeah, Be- I'm having a horse. Bye, bye now. <laughs> There's a horse in Beauty and the Beast. Yes, his name is Philippe. He has it. Okay, it's all devil magic. <laughs> the uh, the extra canonical comments from the animators indicate he is in fact the smarter cousin of Phoebus's horse from Hunchback of Notre Dame on account of their both set in France, even though they would appear to be in different eras. I, I, I don't know why I'm surprised that this information exists or that you know it. Phoebus' here... horse is named Achilles. Yes, because of a one-line joke, right? Well, all the sidekicks are pretty much named after a one-line joke in Hunchback. <laughs> Hey, and uh, also, I may or may not have seen Hunchback 25 times. Hey, Jeb. No, I have another one. Oh, Fox has got another one? Achilles heel. <laughs> that was indeed the one-line joke. Nice. Uh. <laughs> Last Disney movie I watched was Lion King, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I would... I would recommend watching Hunchback. It's uh, it, it has some problems with the bits of it that are obviously aimed at kids, but it is a fucked up dark kind of Disney movie, and it turns out to be something really very interesting. Also, Esmeralda is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Lion King is the first time I consciously remember getting a laugh in a theater because at the very end of it, after the oh, after the final sequence, it flashes to black and then brings up the title again. And little like twelve year old me said that was a long trailer, <laughs> and I heard like four adults behind me burst out laughing. <laughs> That would be particularly funny to hear coming from, like, a 14-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's genre savvy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've been playing, I don't know if either of you have heard of this at all, but uh, Nintendo went, hey, Never heard here's of another piece of ne- premium software. Never heard of Nintendo. Who are these people? What is this nintendo <laughs> Is it something that criminals do? If something Sonic does. Ooh. Go which on. probably also means something that Bubsy does. <laughs> But not as well. <clears throat> yes. Um, no, there, there is a thing now called Nintendo Badge Arcade. Let me explain Nintendo Badge Arcade to you. Nintendo went, hey, everyone likes our franchise characters. They're really like the strongest things that our games have going for us now. Let's make a little freemium thing uh, where you can go in and play like crane catch machines to get little decorations of our characters that you can stick on your 3DS start menu. This is great. Oh, this no. is cool. Get oh, like little no. Splatoon characters and shit. And, and you know little pixel marios and there's oh, like seven no. different animal crossing sets and yeah cool and i'm sitting here going oh wow this this is gonna kill so much i'm gonna waste so much time on this uh, oh no <laughs> turns out not so much oh because how do you think they've monetized this you have to pay a coin to use the claw machine yes do you want to know how much a coin i'm going to guess in a three dollars in a reasonable world i would say 25 cents but we don't live in that world do we well, also, you wouldn't want to tell Americans to put a quarter... Uh, sorry, Australians to put a quarter into a thing. We'd be like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Say, what? <clears throat> yes, it. you get five plays at once for $1.30. That is five chances to pick up a thing out of a crane game uh, for $1.30 of real money. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, have, I have seen friends swapping screenshots of this game, particularly the way that the game makes it tries to make it very clear to you that it wants you to spend real <laughs> yes, money. It's cute. It's it's very nice. It's likable. It's just that is way too much fucking money. The, the there is a to the listener there is a pink bunny done in the Nintendo kind of Animal Crossing style who stands He's there and pretty much like a much better modeled version of the animals from the Me Street Pass games. And and he explains to you, yeah, this is the way this game works. This is what we're doing. And to do this, it's going to cost you real money and that comes up in big red letters real money do you know how i mean real money and then the bunny is replaced by a photograph of an actual rabbit that's been photoshopped pink and Uh, then the text bubble uh, goes on it's like this kind of real real money yes and then it's back to being the the model of the rabbit again yep so like this is directed by like pseudo 51 right (laughs) (laughs) i think it's frog fractions too finally vaporwave we'll we'll find out we'll find out when we put enough money into it as a collective fan base (laughs) and then all disarm down nukes oh yeah so i'm i'm very torn on this it's very cute they put a lot of work into it they're actually fucking bothered to model little gold badge backs with little gold pins on them (laughs) 
<laughs> and the catcher machines are actually kind of fun because they're not just here's a pile of things try and pick one up and drop it in the chute they're arranged in sort of a platformy way so they're actually more of a physics puzzle it's like if you pull out this one badge they'll all roll down the hill and you'll get them all so th- there's a lot of cute ideas here it's I'm not gonna pay you more than a dollar for chances to win <laughs> at a thing which has no value let's be honest what can i do with it i can put things on my start menu i have like six items that i'd let display on my 3ds screen everything else is hidden it's a bit like Uh, microsoft trying to charge you for custom icons it's just weird ah yeah it's uh, i have such complicated feelings about this thing and i know sooner or later there's going to be a set of badges i actually want lincoln you you may Hey, Lingle, I can take or leave. She's okay. She doesn't really do it for me. And she looks way too much like the child of Skyward Sword, Lincoln Zelda. So, hey. So, hey, Talon, what have you been playing? (laughs) Uh, I was at BerserkerCon last week, which was where Fox was, and that's why we weren't present. Yeah! Uh, Yeah. Sorry, that that was inappropriate. Uh, He's flipping me off again! No, one of the numbers went away. Um, Ah, that counted for ten edits, Jeb. What do I do? (laughs) I don't even know what just happened. (laughs) Uh, I was at BerserkerCon, I sold a bunch of copies of Dogbear. Uh, Dogbear is now officially paid for itself, so woohoo! You mispronounced that. Sorry? You mispronounced that. You mispronounced Dogbear! <laughs> I thought it was pronounced Dogbear. Dogbear? I can't really do it the way Jeb can. I just know you're meant to respond with a interrogative version of the exact same thing. Dogbear? Dogbear. Anyway, uh, I sold Dogbear, and while I was there, I got to play a couple of games and talk to people about games. We got a copy of a game called Hanabi, which we haven't had a chance to play yet, but it's a really cute uh, cooperative card game where everyone's playing with their hand of cards backwards trying to help each other build a fireworks display that's really lovely and charming I got to help a guy prototyping his game called Goreball which is about basically a team full of uh, ramshackle uh, jerks trying to lob a ball of meat into the mouth of what's basically like an Otyug style monster (laughs) stomping around on the battlefield wasn't Goreball a Nazi ramshackle jerk Shoving gobs of me- Oh, no, 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 no You're gonna no, run no, out no. of characters there, Jeb. It's not gonna fit in no Cupid profile. Doesn't fit. Doesn't <laughs> fit is also my- <laughs> God damn. And I also got to play a game of win-lose-banana. Ah, yes. Which was an amazing way to keep people at the table from walking away. <laughs> Dog it wasn't bear. nearly effective as randomly assigning everyone dog bear code names. Yes, you did a lot of random assigning dog bear code names. Uh, beyond that, I came home and feeling tired as heck, I worked on middleware and played Swindle. I played a lot of the Swindle. <laughs> I like how Swindle has become what you resort to when you like want to play a non-hard game. Well, I noticed that um, uh, now I've basically clocked the Swindle. I now know absolutely how to win the Swindle. I'm quite competent at it. And it gives you statistics at the start of the game, which has the first two statistics it gives you is total attempts on the basilisk total successful attempts total successful swindle uh-huh. and right now I have more than half of my attempts have been failures so every time I go back to it I just go well I'm just trying to bring up that number until you know I have succeeded at it more than I failed at it that's <laughs> my that excuse is that possible? yeah I, I've only failed at the I've only failed at 40 times and I've succeeded at it about 30 times now so you know 10 oh, more oh a successful swindle is finishing the whole game successfully yeah, yeah. Okay. okay the swindle is still really good it's still also flaky <laughs> in places um, it's a, it's, it's a, it uses roguelike, uh, character progression. So of course there's going to be some unfairness and you're just sort of meant to go, well, I just find it entertaining that when you started this, you were like, I'm very bad at the swindle. I will probably never be good at the swindle. I don't know if I'm good at the swindle. You have all the achievements. Yeah. But mostly what I'm good at is walking into a casino, looking around and going, nah, fuck it. And going home. You have done well, everything the game thought a, of to challenge you. That that's, that's a part of the game though. Is that's realize, true. Wait, no. Oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, be, are you bad at a fight game for knowing how to dodge? Good point. <laughs> meanwhile. We meanwhile. also got... Oh, yes. Yes, we uh, we got physical copies of Lilyblade. Hey. Our, our, uh, our Yuri Jam, Jam game. Duelist game, which we have now inflicted on some of our friends. <laughs> and we have learned, for a start, we found our first uh, printing error. <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah, any, any game comes out with a printing error. We found that certain characters have, let's say... A different play <laughs> velocity. 
in that the uh, the cool, standoffish, princely, taunting character Yolanda, uh, she tends to take a million years to win. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the fate seal one? Uh, she's the one who forces your opponent to play their cards face up. So she's like, I, I know what you're doing. Oh. Well, a type of card face up. So it's more like, I know what you're not doing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Chloe, who just scores extra points. And Chloe's really good. <laughs> I enjoy that because Chloe, to do all her special stuff, has to keep attacking, basically. Attack, 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 attack. So she basically says, play stupid and I'll give you stuff for it. <laughs> Which is so right. That's exactly what she There is always, there is always a red aggro deck. Yes. Whereas Ginny, the nerd, gets to look at the other ca- other player's hand. Which doesn't actually give you that much of an advantage, <laughs> but it fucks with their head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you... Because uh, I, I watched I watched a game with Fox playing Ginny uh, against an opponent last night where she's like, oh, okay, I know it's in your hand. And she put down her card. And he's sitting there <laughs> looking at his own hand, sweating. Like, what do I... How? Okay, you knew what I have in my hand and you've already played a card. So what do... <laughs> what do you... Th- think I'm going to do and he's just uh, no, no, no. over it it was really interesting <laughs> turns out I just went eh this card looks good <laughs> so yeah really happy with that <laughs> it should be uh, it's going through processing uh, along with some other stuff we've made and we'll be going up on drive through cards drive through cards yeah the Australian listeners can order a deck right now if they fancy and by order we mean ask us yeah t- tell we'll, us you want one <laughs> we'll, we'll arrange like a one to one transaction we don't have a storefront well, I'm looking into a storefront. We, we will see about an Invincible Ink storefront soon. Anyway, let's stop using the podcast to advertise our junk. <laughs> so, Jeff. Well, I'm here to use the, the podcast to advertise my junk. <laughs> Is my OK Cupid profile name. Oh, he got in first. <laughs> Is my OK Cupid <laughs> profile, profile name. name. <laughs> Oh, I'm just, I'm just leaving myself open to all these opportunities. Is my okay Cupid profile name? <laughs> Not a word of a lie. I we we had a friend of mine from uni who tweeted at the podcast this week a screen cap from a random game he's reviewing for the Turton Gala with just this is my okay Cupid profile name. <laughs> yes. So we we have contributed to the discourse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I give up. I can't keep up with either of you. <laughs> he wants to take the bait. You can see it on his face. <laughs> hey Jeff, what are you? You can see it on his face. Is my OK Cupid profile name? <laughs> Someone had to, or I was going to burst. <laughs> well, since you mentioned it, <laughs> if you haven't caught on, listener, we're all kind of tired. <laughs> We are very grown up on the Downloadable Content Podcast. It is a serious podcast for serious and sensible topics. Oh, uh, that that reminds me. Uh, I'll say it after we've talked to Jeb about what Jeb's been playing, if Jeb can talk about that. Um, well, I have to go through all of my non-disclosure disclosure agreements. <laughs> this is rustling sound. <laughs> well, that was great. Hold Thanks, on. Jeb. <laughs> Hold on, let me look. I need to actually do want to check something. <laughs> so the main thing we know is Jeb has been playing many exciting things that none of us are allowed to know about. <laughs> Most of them we're allowed to know about. But there's one I really want to see if I'm allowed to know- tell you about. <laughs> because it's really good. And This is like what I must imagine it's like for Mark Rosewater whenever he goes to events. <laughs> These people are like, oh my god, this is so cool. I wonder if this will happen in the future. Turn to subtly look up at Mark. <laughs> and he's like, I can't say anything. See if he's got a tell on his face. <laughs> Tell you what, let's pass the time by giving Jeb a dog bear code name. Uh, I don't know a deck of cards on me. That's all right, just pick a symbol. Oh, hang on. You're pulling up a card generator, ain't you? The thing I was using on the website, yeah. <laughs> Draw two cards from one shuffled deck, including all of them and not including the jokers. Alright. King of clubs, two of clubs. We shall now be referring to Jeb as Baboon Spider! <laughs> Baboon Spider. <laughs> nice! We we had we had someone who got queer butterfly. Nice! Really happy with that. <laughs> I'm sure most of our friends are now very disappointed they didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, because on day two I got shotgun shock! I'm- Nice! <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, what, 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 the friend we, the friend we were sharing a table with on the first day was Shotgun Hydra. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hail Hydra. <laughs> uh, we also got someone uh, who was sponge allergic. Oh, oh, 
That's the and oh. and I got a, we had this moment with an incredible, just like a ridiculously happy kid. Like he was ten years old and like dealing out him a pair of cards with his mom and his dad there. Oh uh, no! Just, just, just <laughs> no, no, just this adorable little brown kid. He's sitting there, going, huh? yeah, and watching flip, flip. It's like okay, let's see. Oh, you're Raptor Wolf. <laughs> nice. And this kid threw his hands up in the air. And was like yes. And his mom said, "Isn't that nice?" And I can't remember what she called him. His name. He's like, what, isn't his that name nice? Raptor Wolf. And he goes, "I'm Raptor Wolf, mom." <laughs> Raptor Wolf. Awesome. You okay. get a lot of name changes in about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that kid, you know, grows up remembering Raptor Wolf. You know, when he starts to develop his online personality, signs up for Twitter. It's at Raptor Wolf. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. I hope for I hope for that future. <laughs> so, cousin baboon spider, do your NDAs allow you to speak? Super hot is really good. Oh thank god we can talk about super hot! <laughs> super hot is really good! Oh my oh. god! <laughs> I haven't played it! I've just been hearing Jeb! This is not this isn't my experience, this is residual hype! Super hot sounds so cool! <laughs> Super Hot, for those who are unfamiliar with Super Hot, Super Hot is a first person shooter puzzle game where time doesn't move unless you're moving, which alone sounds like, okay, that's probably enough to carry a quick little game. But it's also like a cyberpunk hotline Miami. <laughs> oh wow, they had your guys' numbers. <laughs> and, and, go, go, Jeff, sorry, I don't want to. <laughs> Um, the, the, it's, it's framed, uh, through this, uh, like, computer terminal interface, these two people who've exchanged, uh, exchanged information over, like, a BBS, and it's constantly messing with your ASCII interface in the menu. <laughs> and during the levels, you keep getting these, like, messages flashing in your head, and everything's really abstract and very brightly contrasted. Like, the, the things you can pick up are, are dark, and the, the backgrounds are, are light, and then the, the, the other other people are red, so there's, you know, no mistaking what's going on. Mm-hmm. Highly comparable visually to Mirror's Edge. Uh, in a way, yeah. Sections. In a way, yeah. And uh, the way you clear the level is to kill all the other people, generally. Um, and to do that, since you je- usually start unarmed, you have to... Sometimes you'll have to pick up a gun like light that's lying on the ground and aim and shoot. And mind you, aiming counts as moving, so you right. still uh, have... To kind of, you still have to kind of keep, you know, your spatial awareness uh, going. <laughs> Sometimes they'll start you moving. Oh, that's mean! <laughs> like thrown down a hallway, kind of thing. Oh, uh, um, you can you can do all the fun kung fu action movie things. Like in one level, I shot one of the other people, threw my gun at the person charging towards me, caught their gun out of midair, shot the last person, which. Still looks kind of cool when you're doing it in this, this, you know, the, the whole pausing thing when you're yeah. not moving. But when you finish the level, they give you a, lo- a real time replay. <laughs> nice. And I remember when Super Hot's Kickstarter was going on and I looked at how it, wo- how it worked. I remember commenting, yeah, but you know what will make that awesome? If they show you what you did in real time. Oh, how and about they that? do. <laughs> Um, how is the, tell me about the layer of abstraction. Like, is there a reason that the time slows down or is that a game mechanic that you, the player, understand but doesn't actually have an impact in the world? I haven't gotten to that part of the story yet, but I think there's some kind of mind control involved. Indeed, without, yeah, it it, it seems that that's the sort of uh, setting it is. And there's some kind of, okay, um, spoiler warning? If you're worried about super hot spoilers, uh, fast super forward hot ahead. Spoilers a is my OKCupid profile name. Yes. <laughs> if you're worried about super hot spoilers, fast forward ahead about a minute because one of the early levels I found is a level where you get uh, as you play, you get these these flashes in your uh, of words pop up, and this one just says "Don't move," and so you stand mm. still, and then it says "Good dog." End level. <laughs> It's okay, like, if you oh, are oh, actually a dog, oh. this will be the best game ever. I really want to play this game. Somehow it's I don't so think you are actually a dog. You are definitely not a dog. If you are. You're definitely not. What if you're, you're a dog in a human, in like a human robot cyborg thing? Yeah, yeah. And, and you that... could be remotely piloting a human. And that's where all the colors are fucked up. No. Anyway. Oh, God. But yeah, super hot is really good. <laughs> isn't red one of the things that dogs can't see? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that comes up in Stray, which is a different game. Anyway. And uh, that will be out uh, for public release, I think, early 2016. And I expect that will occupy Talon's life. I 
kind of hope so. That's good. He's gonna run out of swindle because later. well, once you, once you finish the the story mode in in Super Hot, um, you unlock endless mode. <laughs> Does this randomly generate puzzles, or what's the deal? It's randomly spawning more and more enemies oh, to do your Hong Kong action movie with, and see oh, how long shit. you can survive. Because it's it's one one shot or one good punch or one good melee hit will take you out. And they're gonna record this whole thing until your head explodes. <laughs> and and then you can like stream. And then you're that gonna game. be able to watch it and share it with your friends. <laughs> I actually hope because that probably means they're storing it in terms of instructions that you'll be able to send your replay to a friend and go, hey, you can play what I did. I hope so. Well, um, I haven't been able to look into it, but there is a, a menu option in the, the current beta build that says replays, so. <laughs> That's really, really cool. I hope so. But I so, cannot spec, I can't speculate for that directly, but I can definitely say that Super Hot is going to be one of the best games next year. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> nice. I'm really glad. It's always nice to see things coming out of Kickstarter that get finished and get good. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about, Jeb? Because um, if not, I've got something. There's some AAA title that came out last week. Oh, yeah, Fallout 4 came out, and that's oh, yeah, also that's been my oh. life. <laughs> oh, holy crap. How did we forget that? Ah, Fallout. <laughs> it never changes. I made that. Ex- no, I made the excuse that the reason why we didn't do a podcast was because Jeb had disappeared into the wilds of post-apocalyptic Massachusetts. <laughs> Which is true, yeah. Because I, I, I've I've been playing a lot of that game. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's uh, of course you know there are the technical problems that everyone is talking about. They it's are there. Game. It's it's those exist. I have had so much goddamn fun with that game. Right. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it lets me it lets me modify all parts of my gun and give the gun a cool name. Yes. It lets me put goggles on my dog. Yes! <laughs> and a little bandana. It's like, oh my god, this is game. This is the greatest thing ever. Also, you can build your own towns and defend them. Um, uh, Doc's, Doc made a, um, a, 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 a garage. Like, like that, a, was the actually, di- that was the diner. Like yeah, a mechanic? Yeah. That, like a mechanic. That was yeah, he, the drive-thru diner. Yeah, he made a drive-thru diner. But you also <laughs> do get, you also, there is a, 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 a garage, a, a gas station. Yeah. I suppose you can't uh, say gas station because the cars in the Fallout universe weren't gas-powered. Oh, we don't say gas station anyway. <laughs> well, I, I also what are really they powered by? Nuclear power. Oh, God. That's why they explode. <laughs> I don't know why I asked. I mean, really, what did I think the answer was going to be? I also the dog. The thing I love about the dog is that, like they've done an dog. excellent job of capturing that dog in all po- in all sorts of ways and making it really well animated. But the dog has one fixed expression. Effectively, the dog's she always is happy. Always happy, and, and that don't... means you get these beautiful scenes of, of, of like a replay moment where a character is like gunning their way through a whole bunch of raiders, and their ammo is running low, and they're really worried, and they back up to the wall, and then over the nearest hill, like leaping out, <laughs> happy as hell, is the, is the dog, and just like, Rawr. yay, I'm doing dog stuff. I'm a dog, and she awesome. does do all kinds of dog stuff. It's great. She'll. She'll run over and, you know, start barking at, like, uh, an ammo container that you missed, and... (laughs) (laughs) Actually... You can get a perk, uh... you can get a, you can actually get a perk where, where she, when you go into VATS, you know, the, the, the real time with not quite pause in this, the targeting Mm -hmm. system, um, she will grab whomever you're targeting and hold them in place. Yeah, so I, I assume there are other uh, companions in this Fallout somewhere, and just no they, one cares. <laughs> um, I have, I have, uh, I have used other companions. I'm currently actually using Piper, who is a journalist. Piper, the name you gave to your dog. <laughs> No, the dog is not a journalist. Piper is the journalist lady that you meet in in Fenway Park. Hey, who is running? Who is running? <laughs> I'm journalisting. <laughs> she, she's. Pipe, Pipe, Piper is, uh, she's, uh, running a tabloid. I, think. <laughs> I can't quite tell if she has any idea what she's talking about, and it's kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> well, every, every, um, oh, Fallout in general, the nature, the nature of this big open world 
very discreet pockets of stuff uh, design means that most of the people you deal with in Fallout are in their own lives, you know, in the center of this little bubble. They're, own, they're all in their own little universe. And in, <laughs> what that usually means is for the characters who have any kind of joy to them, they're often a little detached from the world they're in. <laughs> Like uh, Moira, I'm sure in you're Megaton? thinking about Moira. Moira Brown more about the dog. The dog, the dog doesn't. The dog don't care about the fall of human civilization. Hey. Dog is good a dog. Oh, that's irradiated. Oh well, <laughs> I'm doing dog. Uh, yeah, just just the idea that to have a lot of vibrant personality in this universe, you do kind of have to be a little bit detached. Uh, I I would almost expect it might be the other way around. Like everyone's a little bit detached, and to cope uh, with that, humor will know. go a long way. I don't know. I remember like a lot of my my favorite companions in in New Vegas, which is basically all of them. Um, they they certainly were uh, like like Veronica. Like when you told Veronica to use her ranged weapon, her, her comment her comment was, "Does it count as ranged if I run at them before I punch them?" Yes. <laughs> oh, best companion. That's Aside the- from dog. That's the second best line Veronica has. Uh, Trying to think which the best one is. You you get one of the options you get with your companions is you get to say stay close, and if you're already close, they give you. If they're already set to that, they give you a a, a quip about I'm not getting any closer. And for the most part, it's just a matter of like I'm already doing that. And in Veronica's case, she says unless you're a leggy brunette, no, I'm not getting any closer. (laughs) And I was playing a leggy brunette, and I was like, oh, 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 dunked. Are you playing a leggy brunette dude? No, no, Ver- no. Veronica's gay. Veronica has a case I know, of the gays. I was suggesting that might be why you weren't the kind of leggy brunette she was looking for. Ver- Veronica is a level ten gaydiation hazard because Christine is is uh, used to be, I suppose, assume a leggy brunette. Mm. I don't know if you I ever understand. played the DLC. I don't know if you ever played the DLC. I I was offering a suggestion as to why <laughs> Talon might have matched that description, but also logically not have been her type. I e. penis. I d- well, no, Chris, d- Christine kind of is amazing though so yeah there, there's a lot of really good character in the fallout you know what it is it all comes back to that soul thing we keep on talking about with games mm-hmm. like the fallout the fallout games are broken they're usually technically incoherent <laughs> they're often mechanically badly handled there's often editing errors like just things that the editor should not have let get through to the keeper but uh th- th- there is so much soul in what they do i identify their plots as being not unlike your boulders gate plots which is <laughs> there's good bits in there but if it hasn't gone totally off the rails by the end then there's probably more of a game that you just haven't gotten to yet and then it's gonna go totally off the rail it's like oh yeah there's something about a kid that baby what huh whatever it's plot shutney i I don't know how much jeb sorry i don't know how much baboon spider has played (laughs) Baldur's gate 2 i know talon's played it a lot of times a lot baboon spider (laughs) (laughs) but i know that um i did not give a shit about the main plot <laughs> after about the first bit where you get into town and it's all like sandboxy with random missions yeah that's all fun and stuff and you just you do not go to that island until you are forced out of that town by a complete lack of anything else to do or the mind flayers are trying to eat you just a bit too hard <laughs> Uh, in Fallout, I will say that that aimlessness is a very common thing for a lot of the Fallout games. I will say that Fallout New Vegas broke that trend for me, though. I, I wouldn't even say aimlessness, though. Like, it's not that I couldn't find anything to do. It was that I just didn't give a shit about that particular thing that was supposed to be important. No, I cared enough. about everything else. Fair enough. But, but in Fallout... To use in Fallout's case, Fallout One, Two, and Three, the main plot was a thing you got around to only because they had timers on them. Like you <laughs> not in two, ones. not in two and three. Yeah, true, true. Two Just Fallout One. Have, Fallout One is yeah. the only one that yeah, used a time limit, and that was dumb. Yeah, it wasn't a good idea, especially the way players played that game. The kind of thing you got around to when you were like, ah, well, I guess I better advance the game. Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas completely reversed that for me because the introduction of Fallout New Vegas is one of the most amazing, crystallizing, <laughs> directed pieces of media I've oh, played in a triple yeah. game. I, I remember this. For the listeners' sake, the opening of Fallout New Vegas is first-person camera, you in a shallow grave standing there with the lights of uh, of the desert behind this figure in front of you who is wearing a awful checkered jacket. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. You don't know how many times I have strutted down Ve- the, the Vegas Strip in that jacket. <laughs> 
And after shooting that motherfucker in the head. Exactly. The <laughs> opening line is, hey, I'm sorry, it just wasn't your story. And he shoots you in the face. And I could not have told you anything I cared about in that game nearly a tenth as much <laughs> as wanting to crawl out of my grave, find that motherfucker, and feed him his own hair. Which <laughs> is always the thing you want to do whenever uh, Matt Perry is around. <laughs> It, it just just a breathtakingly well done opening. It does fall apart towards the end because you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's a uh, I'm sure there's something in the fact that that took almost no story. Yeah, true. <laughs> and and indeed, it might well be playing into my personal like I key very well to themes <laughs> of violence and revenge, shock horror. <laughs> I'm sure that is something. I think it's to do with I think it. it's pretty reasonable though that if you frame <laughs> something as this motherfucker shot me in the head, I'm yes. a whoop his ass. Yes, it's true. Yes. Uh, And in such a smug way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did we have anything else we wanted to cover? I I, I don't think we're going to do a retro gaming news this week. We're not? Uh, What? Not this week specifically, because I've looked at what November is like. It's a nightmare. That's why we should do it. And now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news is fit to print for one day in November 2013. Brought to you by a downloadable content fans arcade. Just give us all your money now. Fuck. You don't have to put it in. I have one finger left. Ah, I've used up my fingers. Alright. <coughs> uh... <laughs> Alright, so this is uh, November the 18th, 2013, which you might recognize as the launch date of the Wii U. You might. The what, you? So what, they had like two titles? <laughs> Alright, so... <laughs> I'm just making fun of Nintendo launches, alright? We have a pirate game. A pirate game? Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. I'm wrong. We have a before the pirate game. <laughs> oh, the one before that, Assassin's Creed 3. Assassin's Creed 3, The yes. boring one. Uh, we have a game where you play a fridge wearing latex. Oh, Batman. Itself. Yes, Batman yes. Arkham City. We have a tie-in it's game. lightning for a, round. We have a tie-in game for a Nickelodeon franchise about a young boy with a magical watch. A, 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 a magical watch? Yeah. Ben 10? Ben 10, Omniverse. Oh, that kind of watch. We have a game uh, that's a racist invasion simulator with voodoo magic, but also lots of guns. Oh, Call of the Thing. Yeah, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. That's the one. <laughs> it's going to the point where I have to give very little information about first-person shooters. We got a game where you have to play Death. Darksiders 2. Darksiders 2. <laughs> Right. We have a game that means we will never stop making fun of Warren Spector for acting as if he knows more about game design than everyone else. Mickey. Epic, Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey, yes. <laughs> um, we... We have a game that proves Jonathan Blow doesn't know what he's talking about when he talks to uh, free-to-play mechanics. Little Inferno. Little Inferno. We have the first per- we have a third person shooter multiplayer game with a plot attached that I sunk hours and hours into and is really good. Uh, uh, Mass Effect 3? Mass Effect 3. We have a Mario Brothers. Uh, New Super Mario 3D World? Close. Uh, New Super Mario, New Super Mario Brothers, Brothers, U. Brothers U. Yeah. That's, uh, what, that's what Ellie was trying to say, clearly. Um, the dog was right. Yes. I'm dog. I'm doing dog. <laughs> We have a game made by a team... But, sorry, we have a game, game developer named somewhat after the, the franchise. It's incredibly high-impact, high-difficulty-level, combo-based action game, hyper-violent, terrible character design. Ninja Gaiden 3, Ninja Gaiden, one of the things? Yeah, Ninja Gaiden 3, ah. Razor's Edge. We have a spin-off of the Rayman franchise. Uh, Raving Rabbids. Yep. Oh, right, that's not that. We have a game that got sued for involving a Nyan Cat. Uh, uh, mm. that, that's been a meme few run? Often. Nope, not meme run. Wasn't it in a bit trip? It wasn't. That the, that wasn't the one who got sued. Because uh, this one, this one used it without it. attributing it. <laughs> Imagine that. Scribblenauts Unlimited. Oh. Which got sued for the use of several meme images, which they then tried to claim weren't the meme images, except you had to type in the name of the meme to Couldn't get them. Couldn't they just have drawn uh, a, their own representation of the meme image? Because there's no freaking way you can tell me that, like, someone owns the idea of the Nyancat and has, like, trademarked it or something. Someone shit. owns the original art of Nyancat. Yeah, the art, yes. Yeah, and they used Nyancat and they didn't attribute it as saying, hey, this person made Nyancat. But you can't copyright a character, only the work that the character appeared in. Ah, oh, whatever! Did right. they lose the suit? 
Uh, no, they got they got they pulled, they paid out. They pulled the the content yeah. out of it. Yeah, that's fucked up. Anyway, we have a Scribble Nuts. Scribble Nuts Unlimited is really good. You should play it. Go yeah. Uh, okay. We have a game that is designed to basically sell physical objects as DLC. Disney uh, Skylanders. Skylanders Giants had to be one or the other. Where they got the bigger than normal miniatures. Woo! All right, we have a racing game for a character who does not need a racing game. Sonic. Sonic. Yes. <laughs> Sonic. Sonic All Star. Sonic. Sorry. Sorry. Sonic and. All Stars, Stars Racing, Racing Transformed. Sonic that game owns. <laughs> that game is amazing. It's the best kart racer ever made. <laughs> it's like the worst name. We have the best kart racer ever made. We have a modern indie riff on the idea of the Lost Vikings. Trine? Trine 2. Oh. The Revenge. Yeah. Riff, I thought you meant like making funds. No, no, no. Just the the, the use of the idea behind nah. it. Uh, More games should have... do that. It's a good idea. And, okay, this one I don't think Fox can guess, so I'm going to go for a super specific oh, no. reference point. This is one of the games that Loom. Nat White referred to as one of the most effective horror games in its genre this year. In 2013? She's right. I got nothing. No, this year, 2015, Nina commented on this game. Oh. Right. I, st- I still got nothing. It- it's horror. Um, I love I love the weird arc of this game. Do long do, since do, I do, read do, do, that article. Do, do. <laughs> uh, Was it what? <sighs> it's set in a real city. Um. Um. <laughs> it's in a very crowded genre. Can you say it was horror? Yeah. Horror is crowded. It's a specific subgenre of horror that's quite crowded right oh. now. <laughs> Should I just cave and let Jeb know? Sounds like yes. Or is he just making horror sounds at us now? Baboon Spider might possibly have been involved in a fight. Baboon Spider, remember your CQC. Remember the basics of CQC. I, I, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get up. Is it Colette? No. No, no. That came it's up this year. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, she, she talked about how incredibly affecting it is because it uses a roguelike procedural structure, and every time you die, you become part, you know, like the character you were playing. Yeah, is you now... become one of the, the, the zombies. Oh. Which, as a game mechanic, has this added element where suddenly there is a zombie wandering around with all of your stuff, <laughs> who, who in some cases can be like this pinata of yeah, resources. Yeah, you, you kill the old you, you get a bunch of cool loot. Which is deeply creepy. <laughs> you go out and hunt yourself. I assume they're also like an extra powerful zombie. I don't remember. But usually, you died in a place that wasn't a good place to be. And like, recognisable as your previous character, even yeah. after zombified, of course. Yeah. That's available now on other platforms, but I don't know which one. Is it? Steam. Steam had just got launched as just zombie. Z-O-M-B-I. Really? I, I, oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so oh I, wow, released a, a few months ago. Yeah. So, right, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's you play. Oh, the nightling oh, round. No, is, crap. Oh, they could have left the U on there. <laughs> And warn people away? <laughs> yes! <laughs> when presented with the option of zombies and you play, we actually are more afraid of the you play. Well, zombies Same. aren't really very scary anymore. Though, I will say you play does give you the, the achievements that you play gives you for Blood Dragon. A little mixtapes. That's kind of cool. <laughs> M- mixtapes? <laughs> it's a callback. Alright, yeah. That was one day! That was just the, <laughs> and the thing is, that's not all Wii U titles, and that's not all the titles that came that's out in the one day. There were a few Wii U titles there, in fact. No, a lot of them were. Really? Call of Duty came yeah. out on the Wii what U. What the hell is that doing? Ah. The, call, the Call of Duty, um, Assassin's Creed 3, yeah. uh, Batman, Batman Arkham City. Was, was it City okay, or Asylum? Those are all terrible Arkham ideas City. because these are not the kinds of franchises where the people who enjoy them are going to want to play them on a Wii U. And the people who don't know about them shouldn't be playing them because they're like little kids or moms or sh- <laughs> Well, moms who aren't otherwise interested in those games and shit. By the way... Well, Assassin's Creed 4 was one of, the, one of the best early titles in the Wii U. Yeah, and a few days beforehand, two different titles launched at the same time. Puzzle and Dragon launched on the same day as Candy Crush Saga. Well, that would explain why no one knows what Puzzle and Dragon is. Puzzle and Dragon Lots is hugely popular amongst my friends. Puzzle and Dragon is. Really? Lots of people. Oh, yeah. Puzzle and Dragon is one of those things that can look at Candy Crush Saga and go, you're not so big. I'm just going to tell you, the only reason I have any idea what Puzzle and Dragon is, is because yesterday I opened up a Target catalog and I saw it was one of the games they were giving away as a throw-in with their 2DS bundle. Yeah, Puzzle and Dragon is a monster. (laughs) Uh, it, it, it's, it's one Is of those like games. a huge casual thing, or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, It's a, a mobile card A game. friend of mine was trying to figure out a way to stream, to, to stream on Hitbox his, his Android device. Yeah. So that he could play, show off Puzzles and Dragons. Yeah. Really big, vivid art, not much animation, 
really nice use of card mechanics and roulette mechanics. And, yeah. And match three mechanics. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I have made myself look quite the fool. Well, it's just a thing you <laughs> didn't know kind about. of a stupid name, though. I it is a really, really bad name. It is <laughs> a, really a Korean bad game? I have no idea. You know what? If it was a, a you know English second language kind of name, that would sort of explain it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, P- Puzzle and Dragon is just one of those things that you kind of have to know about the same way you kind of have to know about Clash of Clans. It's just there's a scope to these things. What's that, boy? I haven't noticed that ammo cache. <laughs> What's that, Fox? You haven't noticed that it's ten minutes past doggy dinner time? It's shit. It's like five o'clock. Yeah. Oh, shit. Don't tell the listener the time. It ruins the suspension of disbelief that this is streaming out of their iPod right now. But well, it's not five o'clock here. Here. Chances are their phone, really. That's all right, listener. The concept of time has no real value to us because we exist in this interdimensional space to which we have called the characters from all the franchise's most popular entries to do battle. Oh, bugger off. <laughs> oh, that's and that's a- why Goku is now in Smash. <laughs> that trope, by the way, of like we brought together all these different... Mul- that got used in so much Christian replacement media. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, you know, that's why we've got a sci-fi cowboy alongside this... Uh, um, Jesus. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like we're going to gather these characters from all these different settings, and then they're all going to go, oh, yeah, we totally know about your particular interpretation of the Bible, because it's so universally correct. Anyway. Wouldn't you... One last, uh, two, sorry, two things. I'd watch Space Cowboy Jesus, though. I'm not going to lie. If Space... Jesus was the Space Cowboy. Space Cowboy Jesus does sound way cooler than anything I actually got to watch. And... <laughs> I, I would watch the... Uh, the... Actually, the... Space, Cowgirl, Space Cowgirl Jesus. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would watch the version of Jesus where, uh, you know, he, he rolls, he or she, if you like, uh, rolls into, you know, a planet on a spaceship, different planet every week, and then just sort of solves their problems and then flies off into the... Uh, solar system. You know about Ulysses I'm saying, 31, right? I'm saying Jesus, but he's the littlest hobo. Yeah, pretty much. Also a dog. Can we make him a dog? That would Can drastically improve dog? Jesus. Space uh, dog. Have Jesus. you heard of Ulysses 31? No. Ulysses 31 was a, I think it was an anime, but it might have been one of those Cities of Gold style French animation shows, which was the Odyssey, but instead of boats in the Mediterranean Ocean, yeah. they were spaceships. Let me tell you Probably what, Rocket... what Disney wanted to make when they made Treasure Planet instead. Let me tell you about Rocket Robin Hood from the fifties. <laughs> Actually, no, there is only one Robin Hood, and he's a very attractive British-speaking fox. I beg to furries. differ made because you're talking about rocket quarterstaffs flying you through space. <laughs> That's so cool! All right, all right. with the Robin best Hood theme song ever. Oh. Okay, two things to struggle through before we can call this done. Yeah, I, I think we better stop pissing about. Uh, one, we had the DLC had a guest appearance on the Geekly Chronicles, uh, which was actually broadcast on British radio. Well, by the DLC we mean talent. I yeah, went on, let's but be I honest. Went on as, we were unavailable. I went on as a representative of the podcast. Uh, I <laughs> talent doesn't speak for me. <laughs> I am a free baboon spider. <laughs> oh dear God, the baboon spider got out. Oh no. <laughs> Wow, and our terrifying. listeners already think Australia is the most terrifying place <laughs> in the world. Now they're going to think it contains something called a baboon spider, which is no, that's in Canada. <laughs> I did get to, I did get the wonderful moment of watching a couple of British people complaining about the weather and then tell them, yeah, it was forty-five degrees today. Oh, fine. Well, we're not playing. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, so, uh, we, we, I talked for a little bit on Geek Chronicles, uh, mentioning Downloadable Concept Podcast, hopefully they'll, they'll, if, listener, if you're here from there, hi, um, we have a lot more swearing. If you're there from here, (laughs) then, I don't know. If if you're here from there, um, watcha. (laughs) Watcha? Pip, pip. Hey, what? I've got some tea and some passive aggression. Let's go invade Sweden. We haven't gotten around to that one yet. (laughs) I have a helmet you can piddle in. The other thing is, um, we normally talk about games that we've actually played, um, and I had some hype for Super Hot, which I obviously haven't played. Uh, I just wanted to mention a game I also haven't played, but I've seen, <laughs> and it looks really interesting, and I want to mention it because I know that amongst the listener there are some people who might who would probably yeah, be really into it. It's called Duskers. Now, it's early access, so that's part of why I haven't gone and played it myself. Duskers is a post-post-post-apocalyptic setting <laughs> in that everyone's dead. Not everyone except your little pocket. <laughs> everyone is dead. And you are traveling around the world... 
traveling around the universe in this crap little ship finding these abandoned hulks with something sounds like you're still alive uh maybe you are maybe you're a program i don't know but the everything in duskers the user interface is entirely keyboard driven and i don't mean you're using the arrow keys to move around i mean you are saying drone three open d (laughs) you're saying drone three ten yeah open bulkhead Ah, ten i see so you're playing something which is using a keyboard yes i am super jealous because apparently one of my colleagues has already covered this yeah uh and and it has and and it has very it's very patient very methodical normally but you can get these moments where something in the hold of the ship you're exploring just woke up all of your drones are in there it's the baboon spider and you're typing in commands and and the thing is it, it has a syntax so if you type like all uh, drones all drones to this location to, oh crap I typoed and the computers went I don't know what you mean uh, it creates this amazing feeling of tension and of course you get scared and so you type worse what does it do if you press up I don't know I don't know I haven't played it but just this, it I, should it should if it's doing it properly give you the last line you typed yes should. that's what I was uh, that's what I was hoping for yeah uh, so so it's one of those games though, where it's, though I will I will I have to point out that that was that feature wasn't always in computers no no I'm, I'm sure they added in some other time yeah and in I believe uh, earliest incarnations of DOS if you wanted to do that you had to press the F3 that would work too which meant well, that there was a there was a TSR that you could run to activate functionality. Yeah. Basically, it's a game that appears to be operating in a very crap future, which might be too dismal for some people, <laughs> but just the interface of you have these shambling little drones, they can sometimes break down, you have to maintain them, you have to check bugs in their code, and just that interface notion of typing individual commands. <laughs> see, see, now I want to combine that with objects in space. <laughs> A new genre that's like role-playing, but is more specifically like role-performing for these games where the, the point is that it's supposed to be like you're actually in a character's head and yeah. engaging with a specific interface. To doing a really bad job of describing this, but I'm sure you guys know what I mean. I, I've got the gist of it. The difference between the game giving you a character to play and a game where you, the player playing the game, are actually that character. Well, your in, the, the, your interaction with the with the game is instead of being uh, analogous and an analogous to to you know button presses like you know press E to activate. Mm. You're actually you know, if you have to type into a terminal, yes. you actually type it in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and Duskers just seems to be straight up the alley of a bunch of my friends' uh, interests. It, it just really looks like... <coughs> I hope they're paying attention to objects in space. Yes. <laughs> um, I hope they caught on to that okay Cupid profile name opportunity. <laughs> Also, there was uh, a similar thing with a game called If, um, sorry, Else Then Heartbreak, which isn't nearly as interesting to me as a game, but the fact that the game has code in it means that you yeah. have this player base of people who are now basically developing in-universe open source software. Of like, yeah, you can you can develop, you can hack that system, or you can run this program that I've written that you can just copy-paste into the game that will open all the doors because it can hack all the doors. Are you sure you've got the name right? I probably got it that wrong. that sounds like wrong code as well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It might, it might just be some language I'm not familiar it's with. It's something but... like Else Heartbreak or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, there's I also TIS 100. Oh, yeah. By Zactronics, which, you know, they they make uh, puzzle games for space brains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. They made Space Chem in Infinifactory. Yeah, and, and Space Chem is one of the most abstracted games I've ever played. Infinite Factory is Space Chem without the abstraction, but in 3D. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> TIS 100 is assembly language puzzle gaming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I I really love this kind of game being able to exist though because it indicates that there is the there is an incredibly narrow market for the people who will when you tell them it's a puzzle game you have to play in assembly language the majority of the population are going to go what <laughs> and there is a tiny percentage who are going to go I am all <laughs> about this and uh, what, I'd what, like to write the tiny two percentage the... containing two... me who goes oh. <laughs> <laughs> There are two people I, two of the people I know who own this game. One is, of course, my fiance, the other one is Louise, so. <laughs> so it's for genius women. <laughs> it's for, it's for, it's for space brains. Yes. Um, I'm just imagining John Carmack looking at this going, Jesus, really? Holy shit. <laughs> John Carmack looks at, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> 
let's be honest. He, he, he is a, he, he is another level. Um, yeah. though I don't know how he does with assembly, so. Um, <laughs> I'm imagining John Carmack looking at that and going, they used a computer to do it. <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about all these, uh, being tend to be programming related, uh, with, uh, with that sort of more direct interpretation of player interaction. We'd be remiss not to mention keep talking and no one explodes. Yes. Keep talking and nobody explodes is an amazing idea. The uh, the interesting thing about it, of course, it was developed for local play using an Oculus Rift. Oh, of course it was. And an Xbox controller. Xbox controller. That's well that's your standard basically your standard PC controller. Oh in that sense, okay, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, for those who don't know about Keep Talking and No One Explodes, it is an asymmetrical, um, bomb defusal puzzle game, where the idea, they say that you're only supposed to play this locally, but there are ways to look at somebody else, to talk to other people on the internet, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure there are ways to talk to other people on the internet, but yeah. the multiplayer functionality of Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is one person, the person who is running the game, has a bomb in front of them. And the bomb has different modules, and each module has a corresponding element to a very large and very detailed, but kind of maybe a little misdirecting... <laughs> PDF manual. Yeah. And the other players have the manual. <laughs> I I really hope people print out the manual <laughs> in this game. I would. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I honestly hope that there's like a collector's edition of this game, like on Indie Box or something, <laughs> which has like a really nicely made manual with like police uh, style on it and everything. And, and for what it's worth, I think that this game would be somewhat improved by wearing headphones while you're playing it. Especially so, if you, especially if you like the idea of having that fucking alarm clock going off in your <laughs> Because there are there there are things when you when you're sitting there in your bomb diffusal room, there there are shit that goes off. There's an alarm clock. The light breaks sometimes. <laughs> light breaks, you can't fucking see, and all you see is just these the fucking. I were just going dick, dick, dick. Oh, fuck you. I uh, I particularly appreciated when they got into the word puzzles. Oh, yeah. I was like, what's, what's the first word? Your. Is that with an apostrophe or is it the yep. It's like, uh, oh, oh. Uh, there? This word is oh. you are. What, two words or two letters? <laughs> oh, shit, no, it's the letters you are. Yeah, the game is definitely trying to make you lose, which is the why The Morse code puzzles. So and things that would be pronounced differently, like lead and lead and... Lead. How do you think I spelled those words, listener? Because you're right. Uh, and, and... This game hates you. I can't imagine doing well at this game, but I would love to watch people who are. <laughs> It's it's one thirty in the fucking morning. Of course, I'm tired. <laughs> I was up at three. <laughs>